Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we come to the seventh of the Beatitudes that Jesus preached in His Sermon on the Mount, and we find that in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. As Christians, we all want to be called sons of God, and so we are known. So how are you doing at being a peacemaker? What does that mean, and how can we apply it? I know one of the first things that comes to my mind is what Solomon wrote. There is a time for war and a time for peace. I would think it's pretty critical to discern which time is which, or we can really make a mess of things. So... Do we know when the time is appropriate to be a peacemaker and when it's time to make a stand? In what contexts should each apply? Well, hopefully this week, as we focus on what it means to be a peacemaker, the answers to questions like these will solidify in our minds so that we can honor God in all that we do in our daily lives. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Purveyors of Peace. But in principle... You, do, you address the issue of sin. You pursue righteousness and forgiveness. You address the issues of lies and you pursue the truth. Peace is more than stopping war. Peace is creating righteousness that brings enemies, former enemies, together in love. This peace does not evade issues. It's not what people say is peace at all costs or peace at any price. It is peace that conquers problems and actually builds relationships that become bridges through which people can come together. This peace is not just cooling down from anger. Boy, do we have enough anger going on in our world these days? Just this, this current crisis about so-called social justice and so-called racial um, reconciliation, there's a lot of pent-up anger in there. And we have the answer. We have the only answer. It's not just changing the structures. If, if you take a, a, a situation in which some people are not treated fairly and you turn that upside down, you still have a situation where some people aren't treated fairly. What you need to do is get a situation where people are treated fairly. That happens in Christ. That's the answer. Just changing the dial of who gets to beat up on whom doesn't accomplish it. The gospel is the answer. Now, getting to this piece, ah, that's the hard part. It's not necessarily easy. It's usually not without pain, but it is the only genuine peace which satisfies and lasts. Over in James chapter 3, chapter about wisdom, there is embedded this wonderful little statement that 
we can pluck just for the nugget that it is. It's also great to see it in its context in, in James 3. But James 3.17 says this, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. When we counsel someone who is in a, a conflict with someone else and they, they, they want to make peace, this is the stumbling point to almost every situation that can't be reconciled. Are you willing to be first pure? Are you willing to bring your sin before God? Are you willing to be right before God and to be His instrument and say, well, but, 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 but she might not agree. Doesn't matter. You want the wisdom from above? It starts with your purity. And then can come God's peace. Justified by faith, then we have peace with God. You cannot make God's peace between two parties until they have seen the sin, seen the error and the wrongness of, their, of the bitterness and the hatred, and they've been willing to deal with their own hearts. Only in bringing it to God can it be made right. Peace begins with purity. Now, if I don't say the next thing I'm going to say, you might make it halfway to your car and say, oh, wait a minute. What about that passage over in Matthew? All right, let's look at that passage over in Matthew. Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 and 37. Let's, let's put this alongside something else that Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers. Be a peacemaker. That's what I want you to do. But look at this, Matthew 10, 34 through 37. Jesus, same guy that said that. Blessed are the peacemakers. He says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. What do you mean, Jesus? Every decent Christmas carol we have talks about you being the Prince of Peace and bringing peace on earth. Well, he goes on to say, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to, and here comes a quote from Micah chapter 7, verse 6. I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, you might read that and say, wow, I'm more spiritual than I thought. Did you see our house last Thanksgiving? My in-laws can't stand me. I must be really spiritual. No, that's not exactly the right application of that. But this is another side of the same coin. How do you have peace with God? Justified by faith. How do you get justified by faith? You put your faith where it belongs. Your faith in what? Your faith in Christ who died for your sins and took the wrath of God on on, on your behalf. That's how you get the peace of God. You won't have godly peace with anybody else who won't accept that standard of peace. What Jesus means is that His peace is peace rooted in righteousness and purity. That's why I say often there may be strife before they can be peace because problems have to be faced and there has to be a genuine reconciliation. And those who are unwilling to face their sin, unwilling to face their own problems, that will cause them to resist God's peace. 
and it will cause them to be severely irritated with God's peacemakers. Because if they hated me, says Jesus, they'll hate you too. And by the way, if you didn't know this, that can even cause a rift in a family. That's what he's saying. It gets right down to the ones you love the most. And sometimes the most spectacularly it erupts with those you love the most. You see, when you deal with truth, it will cause division with all the people who don't want truth. If you deal with truth, you disturb some people and you disrupt their sense of balance and your righteousness may all the more expose the blackness of their hearts. Now, let's massage this just a little bit further. I'd also like you to think about the difference between being a peacemaker and being a peacekeeper. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm toying with English words here, but I think there's some things here to help you understand. A peacekeeper is someone who wants to end conflict or avoid conflict. A peacemaker goes after righteousness and truth. There are people in the world that are pretty good at not getting into fights, verbal or physical or emotional. Um, They try to end all conflict as soon as possible by all means available. Um, They're very good at burying things. Peacekeepers love to smooth things over. They love to uh, make awkwardness pass as quickly as possible by changing the subject. And there are times that that's just, you know, decency that you might want to do something like that. But that kind of peacekeeper hates conflict so passionately, they would rather end up living with bitterness and frustration than working out an actual problem and solving it for the glory of God. Now, there are other peacekeepers who use their position and they are unilateral exercises of exercisers of authority and strength and they use it to prevent or to squelch conflict. What do we call it when the United Nations sends troops into a war zone, we call that a peacekeeping force. You know how they keep peace? It's a very simple principle. My guns are bigger and better and more numerous than your guns, and if you hurt someone on my side, I'm going to hurt you more, and I'm going to hurt you faster. That's peacekeeping. One sense of it. It does slow down war, but it doesn't have a shred of anything to do with the kind of peace that we're talking about in this beatitude. And then there are other peacekeepers who become really adept at the art of compromise. Now, there are times to compromise. If you've ever bartered with somebody for the price of something, that's, a, that's compromising. But the idea of compromising is you give up something and... I'll give up something. When we're satisfied that we've each given up an equal amount or we've each hurt each other the same amount, we've both gotten something we want in order to save face, then we'll stop hurting each other and we'll call that peace. 
Is that how God did it with you? If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.